baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Tony Colombo here with producer Jake, who is filling in for Carl. Jake, thanks for being here and thanks for helping us out this week. For sure. And of course, my partner, Bo Matthews. Bo, what's going on, brother? I'm present. I'm here. (laughs) I thought you were going to call me a bad word when I said Bo (laughs) and you said prick. I thought there was going <laughs> to... Because you, you're so familiar with that term, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be the first person to call me that. Uh, how's it going, dude? How's, how's your week been? Uh, you know, it's been it's been a little crazy. Um, my dad is still in the hospital. Uh, he's been moved to a rehab unit, though, because of uh, COVID pneumonia complications. He's 77. Mm. Um, so, you know, he's still struggling with that. But I just spoke to him before we started, and... Uh, He's on the mend. He's going to get through well, this, great. he says. That's yep, great. So that's good news. And you. Yeah, my, you? my uh, you know, my, we had, we were terrified, um, I guess about a month ago now, or maybe even five or six weeks ago, when my 95-year-old grandfather, who is in a nursing home, tested positive for COVID, and he luckily got through it with, I mean, he's got, he's got a lot of medical issues that he's dealing with so there's already a lot of symptoms of everything uh but he seemed to get through it without too much of a without too much of a trouble so it's just so yeah it's just so crazy how uh this thing can affect some people uh you know in a very uh, severe way and some people almost nothing at all how long has it been since you've seen him it, oh, since I've seen him, it's been well yeah. over a year. And my oh, mom has only seen him probably a handful of times, and that's her dad. And he's, she's probably seen him only less than five, maybe three times, something like that, if I had to guess. Yeah, which, so I'm is, gonna, I'm which gonna stinks. Connect the, I'm going to connect the dots from this conversation to the great outdoors. Yeah. And if you've ever seen the documentary uh, show called Alone. Um, uh, I'm a familiar they send 10 people out into the woods mm-hmm. all by themselves individually. And, you know, they, they create, uh, you know, fire, water, food source, uh, sh- uh, they, you know, a shed or, or some kind of housing. And uh, the thing that gets them a lot of times, you know, they've got, they say, I can, I can make it for the rest of my life with what I've got right here. But it's the solitude yeah. that really, really yeah. drives them out and, and to make them tap. So yep. The solitude is seriously something. Yeah, you um, got that right. And yeah, and these, we're all meant to be uh, together. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're used to seeing your your family, you know, uh, every day of your life, and then all yeah. of a sudden you can't. So mm. hopefully we're uh, hopefully we're getting somewhere with this. But uh, this is not the COVID show. This is Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Sorry, so sorry. no, no, you're no. Fault. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> wasn't your fault. It's the, you know what? It's everywhere, man. There's no avoiding this. There's no avoiding that conversation. Yeah, 
And right now, let's go ahead and start the show the way that we always start the show with Aaron Tarlow, the owner of Southern Armory, one of the great sponsors of the show and the radio station. And we always appreciate your time. Aaron, how's it going, dude? Good. How are you guys? Can't complain. Uh, how are things? I got some news uh, stories I want to touch on uh, with you, but how are things at, at Southern Armory? How are um, How's inventory? How's the customers feeling and you know as uh the joe biden presidency continues uh what's the latest out there at southern armory we sold out of handguns wow yeah wow. every handgun in the store uh gone sold unbelievable and, uh, yeah and you know ar's got hit real hard again ammo got hit real hard again uh, uh but we're you know getting stuff out of the wholesaler i mean it's you know it is what it is. Uh, last time I saw this happen was right before they had shut the country down and locked it down. Um, and we literally sold the. We had one handgun left in stock, and uh, we're getting ready to walk out the door right like an hour after we close, hour and a half after we would normally close. And this little old lady pulls up, and her and I think it was like a pickup or an SUV. And she goes, "Sweetheart," she goes, "You got any guns left in there?" I said, "Yes, ma'am. We got one left." And she goes, "What is it?" And I said. It's 1911 and 45. She goes, well, I'll come back tomorrow and look at it. I go, if you not, really, really want it, you should probably come in now. Yeah, it's not going to be here tomorrow. Yeah, she goes, you closed, you closed a while ago. You're getting out of there late. I said, doesn't matter. If you want it, come on in. We'll look at it. And uh, if you want it, we'll sit at home with you. And so that's what she did. She came in. She bought the last handgun uh, we had in 1911 and 45. And she, I remember she's holding it, and she's Got it in her right hand. She kind of bringing it up and down. She goes, I like that weight. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, bought mags, bought ammo, and uh, that was it. We were out of handguns, and then we were debating whether or not we wanted to open up the next day because uh, all we literally had left in the store was uh, some ammunition, magazines. That was it. No, no firearms. Yeah, cleaning kits. There was nothing, you know, nothing as far as firearms left in the store. So we sold out of handguns again. Um, we got hit with ARs real hard again, but our manufacturers keep it up, which is a good thing. And uh, they got we've got more this week. So come in, get them while you can. Yeah, you know, no it's, kidding. Uh, it's uh, first it's come, insane. first serve. Yeah, we've got uh, plenty of AR mags. I uh, we're thinking on that, and we've it's, got uh, we've got we got some. We're a we're a solid year into this now. Like the it, like not COVID. Not that I'm talking about the pressure on the gun industry. COVID's had obviously a lot to do with that, but we are a solid year into this where we've been talking to you for 12 months now about the lack of of ammunition and inventory and inventory. Yeah, inventory period. Great point. And it, it it's unbelievable to me that the pressure on the industry has been able to sustain at this level for a year now. How much longer do you think it can still be like this? At some point, doesn't everybody have their guns? I mean, like, it feels like I, I, I can't believe that it's still this strong. I think it's good. I think it's a good sign, but it's 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 still it's still crazy to me. Yeah. So, you know, Aaron's take on this uh, is a little different than, than probably others. But we had this perfect storm of COVID, a political year, mm-hmm. um, and then you know all this unrest which really drove 
individuals who would not normally be gun individuals, you know, gun people, as you would think, into the store to buy guns to protect themselves. I remember talking to this one lady, uh, had two kids and a husband at home. She goes, I never thought I'd be in here. And uh, she ended up buying a couple of handguns and a rifle. And the, the driving factor for her was was COVID, but it was the police departments releasing statements that they would not be responding to certain kinds of calls, and you're just on your own. That's right. So uh, she just was like, I need something to protect myself. And I'm like, cool. I mean, we can make that happen. And so I uh, ended up buying, you know, like a revolver and a, and a rifle and um, then, you know, saw her the next day in and she was like, hey, I need a safe. And, hey, I don't think I necessarily want – I can't remember if it was a rifle or the the handgun. She was, you know, I'm going to give it to my sister. They live up in someplace in northern Missouri in a rural area. And I said, yeah, just get a bill of sale here. Let me print one out for you. Fill it all out. You keep a copy. She keeps a copy. Everything's kosher. So um, definitely, you know, fairly interesting, you know, that we were seeing this push in for people. So it was like 7 million new gun owners that had never owned a gun before, who had never been in the NIC system. That's people who do the background checks mm-hmm. uh, in the FBI. And we had 7 million new people. Okay, so that means they needed, you know, and that's 7 million new names. But some of these people were buying multiple things, right? So, uh, you know, it's not really 7 million new handguns or rifles that got sold. You, that number is much greater. It's just 7 million new names that hit the background check system that got approved. And they needed ammo and cleaning kits and cases and safes and training classes and all this stuff. Um, and it it drew on the industry because the industry, you know, that, that was a, a, a measurable percentage. Uh, let's say uh, if we have, let's say, 70 million gun owners uh, in America, that's 10% more, right? And mm-hmm. I'm sure NRA or somebody's got statistics on how many homes have guns in them. Uh, but, you know, kind of put this in perspective, it would be a 10% theoretically. So uh, now you're getting drawn down on guns, ammo, cleaning kits, um, and then you got COVID. Now, COVID, now all of a sudden you're not importing primers out of um, European countries, um, Russia, and powder, a lot of some of your powders coming out of Italy and Spain. Uh, some of your gun manufacturers are in Italy and in Spain and in Austria, and you know, kind of the list goes on. And Turkey is another big one. And it's like, wow! So these imports are now coming over. They're in boats, but they're being told you can't dock because COVID. Or uh, when they did start to kind of open up things, they're unloading them. But these containers now are sitting in um, these yards that have to be inspected by customs in order to be imported. So now we've got a bottleneck uh, on that end. Then you've got manufacturers in the U.S. that were working three shifts that are now cleaning every other shift. So in two days, they've effectively run three shifts instead of six, which is half capacity. Combine that with the constraints on imports of powder and um primers and lead and copper and brass so uh, it sounds like it sounds like america is pretty much armed at this point we're, we're ready we're ready to roll if we need to <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, hey, I, 
He's got the ammo. I do want to interject here. We we have been really blessed to have newsmaker Nick on talking about the SAPA uh, Second Amendment Preservation Act here in Missouri, but uh, other things that are going around uh, in the country because everybody's keeping their eyes on D.C. regarding the Second Amendment, and since that's what this show is, it's not a COVID show. <laughs> but I wanted to I wanted to point out the Dallas Observer had a headline: Republicans are pushing to make Texas a Second Amendment sanctuary state. Mm. Uh, which would forbid Texas state agencies and other bodies from enforcing new federal gun laws on rules, a proposal some advocacy groups uh, have criticized. So I think that's also a positive. And isn't it funny, though, when when we hear uh, from the White House, you know, what they're going to do about Second Amendment, which we haven't heard a whole lot, is they, they talk about, you know, increasing background checks. Well, we already do background checks, and they're pretty thorough as far as, you know, me being a consumer – um, uh, I, I just think it's it's good to see other states like this. I know uh, Florida is really a liberal gun state, and Arizona is a liberal gun state. We heard that from Chad when we talked to him a couple of weeks ago yeah. uh, because they open carry a mm-hmm. lot down there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, that, I, th- I think as Second Amendment supporters that listen to this program or this podcast, uh, I think really is promising, uh, especially if we can get this, you know, these – these stories and these shows out to more people. No you doubt. Know, we're keeping an eye on it for you. No doubt. And it's a very yeah. interesting battle that keeps shaping up between the states that are fighting for Second Amendment rights, like Texas and Missouri, and uh, what we're seeing out of Washington, D.C. Aaron, uh, before yeah. we let you go, once again, remind people how they can find you out at Southern Armory. If they can't buy a gun, at least they can buy some ammo and they can uh, practice in good, the good simulator. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, there's always something to there's always something to learn and something to get at Southern Armory. So pe- tell people uh, how to find you all that good stuff. Yeah, we're uh, located one mile east of two seventy and forty four at ninety nine zero one Watson Road. Uh, and yeah, you can find us on social medias at Southern Armory, Second Amendment News Podcast, and SouthernArmory.com. dot com. Southern Armory dot com. Now you're supposed to say it, Jake. Oh, sorry. SouthernArmory.com. You got it. There it is. And oh, I wish is. someone had told me about that. I know. I my, my mic would have been up and I, I would know, have been ready. I know. I forgot to prep Jake for the SouthernArmory.com. Aaron, can you stick around? We're going to do this whole segment again. <laughs> Just so we can get the ending right. <laughs> Aaron, thank you so much, buddy. We'll talk to you same time next week. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye. Sounds good. That is Aaron Tarlo, the owner of Southern Armory. We're going to talk to our friends from Osage County Guns a little bit later on, and we are going to talk to Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller when we get back. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. I, I I see what he did. He's done this. This I think this is now officially Virginia Cruda's theme song. Uh, yeah. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo here with my partner Bo Matthews and producer Jake, who's filling in for Carl this week. But as I we were talking on the break about uh, the the music that we play, and uh, I was joking that Carl, you know, has a he's he runs a tight ship. He has, you know, he he puts down when he's not here and Jake's filling in or, you, you know, something like that. He puts down every piece of information that you need to do, including what songs to play. And <laughs> that song is Girls With Guns. And I think Carl played it the last time that Virginia was on with us. And I think that Carl has now officially decided that that is Virginia's theme song. That's my theory. <laughs> 
That's my theory for that. <laughs> yeah, so Virginia Cruder from The Daily Caller is with us on Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors. It's a very news-heavy week, so uh, we're going to get into some stories with Virginia, but uh, we'll always include discussions about The Great Outdoors. Don't forget about our podcast, uh, the podcast exclusive uh, that we put out every Monday. You can get the show podcast every Friday, and you can get the podcast exclusive every Monday. So two chances to listen to Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors. That podcast exclusive uh, gives us an opportunity to kind of get more in-depth than some of the conversations that we have here, and we have a lot of fun with that. So if you are someone who supports the Second Amendment or you are into camping or hunting or fishing or you know people that are, Please let them know about our podcast. You can get it just about anywhere. I recommend the radio.com app is the best place to get our podcast. Uh, but go and check it out. And, of course, anytime we are discussing the great outdoors here on the show, it's brought to you by Razorback Armory. They are in De Pere on Manchester Road, and the customers at Razorback uh, primarily go to see them for their ideas involving the AR platform. People love that platform because they can design their gun to their, uh, their personality and their budget. So stop into Razorback Armory, get directions, address, information about them at RazorbackArmory.com. Tell them Bo sent you. So Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller joins us now. Virginia, always great to talk with you. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I it's been, been quite a week. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, you know, I want to ask you this. Before we get into the details, this isn't necessarily a Second Amendment or a great outdoors question, but it, it just has to do with Joe Biden in, in general and this— um, okay. The the uh, uh, the lack of the press conferences that has become such a big story. I actually kind of fell into a rabbit hole because you know this has been a thing, and I don't think personally, I don't think that him not giving a press conference is big news. What I think is big news is the way they are handling it and the way they he is being managed, even publicly. Like it's so apparent. Right that they don't want him answering questions that they don't want him left with the media they you know so the the headline on its own to me is not interesting but when you start to look at it there really is something weird going on and there's something behind it and i did a little bit of research about the story and realized how truly historic it is but for how long right. he has not given a press conference and the fact that he didn't deliver a state of the union or a joint session of congress speech this year. Yeah. That never happens either. So what is going on, in your opinion, Virginia, with the president and why his handlers are are, are handling him the way they are? Well, what the, the obvious is that they're doing it because they can, mm-hmm. because they know that Joe Biden and this is something that um, a, a number of people have have said already. Joe Biden, without a teleprompter and being asked extemporaneous questions that is where he's weakest and everyone knows it and so because they can get away with they can say well this is unprecedented and he's dealing with covid and he's dealing with you know the surge at the border which everybody knows he should have seen coming but he's dealing with this 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 and so he doesn't have time to do a press conference because they can do that they are doing it because the alternative is to put him out there and then watch him flap in the wind. Um, so you can't, and, and that's something uh, Kaylee McEnany said, said this uh, a couple of days ago. Um, she was on outnumbered, I think on Fox. And she, she made the point that the Trump administration didn't announce press conferences 
um, until the day of, because you don't announce a press conference when you don't know what the news cycle is. Right. And there has been so much pressure for the Biden administration because he hasn't done a press conference up to this point. He's now locked into where he has to tell them when he's going to do it. And so now he's set this for the 25th. But what's he going to do if something happens on the 25th? Right. And now he's got to answer questions in real time. This is bad any way you look at it. Yeah, I agree. Even when he's on a teleprompter, Virginia, even when he's on a teleprompter, he's bad. Um, and, and, and I always notice, for some reason, I always notice him touching his face. And I, I know that there's body language right. people that will speak about that. But, I, I, you know, I just feel bad for him. I feel bad that well, they me, push this horse. <laughs> Go ahead. To me, how bad he is with a teleprompter. Must be poor. I would say that the, the <laughs> face touching and the not not being, being somewhat less than coherent even with a, a teleprompter, I think that can be related to the fact that he's always uh, struggled with a stutter and he's self-conscious about that. And that's what the face touching is. It's, it shows that you're self-conscious while you're speaking. And so for him to do that, um, to me, that doesn't bother me as much because it's kind of just an effect that has been with Joe Biden his entire career. He's always been a little bit off even with the teleprompter, but that's because he is not a gifted public speaker. He's better yeah, in a room with a couple of people than he is, um, you know, under fire. And his, and his, his that, address last week, his address last week uh, to the nation from the White House, you saw that, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he always goes to the folksy, you know, there's somebody missing at your dinner table, at your dinner table. There's somebody well, missing at school. To. There's a, mm-hmm. That's all he's got. There. The I want MD, answers. Yeah, I, want, I want clarity. Well, and that, that's interesting, too, because he did he did do a sit down interview with George Stephanopoulos. And I don't know if you saw it. They aired it in I clips. Mean. And but but they didn't air like a full interview. And you can tell that it's been edited and it's been it, it's been cleaned up for TV. And, and, you know, I don't begrudge them that. I mean, any, everybody does that. Every network does that. You know, they clean up, clean up the interview, cut out the excess stuff and, and then show you the important stuff. And, and I get that. But Bill Hemmer made a good point on on Fox um, after after the interview started to air. He's like, "Look, they're cutting him off halfway through the question. I I, I don't want to see the video edits. I want to see Joe Biden reacting to this question because Stephanopoulos right. was asking him about the crisis at the border and saying, "Well, shouldn't you tell them not to come?" And the thing is, he's like, "Well, I did tell them not to come. I t- said very strongly, don't come." Well, no, you said don't come now, and you only said that after months and months of saying that the United States could handle two mu- two million more people. We could handle it today. You know, we we should we should give illegal immigrants health care and access to you know welfare benefits and and what have you. He's been saying so. So he issued a two year long invitation and then expects, well, don't come now, to actually have an impact. Mm-hmm. Virginia, I got to tell you, so, uh, they remember all the news about didn't uh, the, press him on that, right? And 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 you said it's it's edited, and and we've all in this business we edit a lot of things, uh, but you, th- there was a big hoopla about his Super Bowl commercial, you. or you know the time he was on for the Super Bowl, right. and there was no uhs, no ums, no nothing. Uh, one time on uh, a music radio station I was on uh, for years, I had a guy call in that had an actual stutter, and he just was mm-hmm. calling in to request a song. So I went into that audio file and I took out all of his stutters, right? And I and I just he mm-hmm. just said this, hey, can you play this song? Blah blah blah. 
And I played it over the air like that. The guy calls me back in 10 minutes and he just freaked out. He goes, my gosh, I've never heard me like that. So my point is editing can clean a lot up. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's one thing to do it. Like if, if there was an issue again with a stutter and you really just want, you want to use the time to make the point, I would understand if they were cleaning that up. It's, you know, it's no different than, you know, you, take a model for a photo shoot shoot and you airbrush out the acne. Right. You know, I don't have an issue analogy. with that. Yeah. But when they change I the content, any... when they change the con- or right. context, excuse me, when they change the context, that's when you airbrush, you know, a 16-inch waist, that's mm-hmm. different. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, you know what, Virginia, as we're talking, it just I this was not my intention to ask you about but it's something that we haven't really talked about on the show, and okay. I want to get your perspective as a veteran because we're talking about Joe Biden, and the Joe Biden ends every speech that he gives with "God bless our troops." But uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that the I don't know that the Biden agenda and the Democrats' plan is something that uh, the military and many uh, active members right. and veterans are happy with as from the standpoint of a veteran how do you feel about this presidency so far okay well i'm i'm gonna separate the two things you said because i view them separately i think that for joe biden as the commander-in-chief to stand up at the end of a speech and say god bless our troops i don't think he doesn't mean that i think he believes it i think he means it and i don't take offense when he says it Mm -hmm. i do take offense to the policies that he is promoting and enacting with regard to the military. For example, I don't know if you saw the press conference he did where uh, he promoted the two two women to general and then all of the fallout after that. He, he brought these two women in, and these are women that have spent their careers busting their butts, competing against men, competing against other women to get to where they are. And he promoted them and... During their promotion ceremony, instead of talking about their qualifications and what they had accomplished in their amazing careers, he talked about how the Biden administration was going to make sure that they changed those pesky female hairstyle regulations and how they were going to make sure that we had maternity flight suits and we had, you know, more flattering uniforms for women. And what's ridiculous about this is that Biden didn't do any of that. The flight suits have been a thing since at least 2020. So Trump was president when this happened. He didn't announce it because he was worried about military strength, not what we look like when we're, you know, on the flight line. Um, The hairstyle thing, people have been fighting about that for decades. And nobody really cares if it actually happens. Because women have never been required to get buzz cuts. Some people are more lax about it than others. And the reality is if you enlisted, you can deal with it. It's a haircut. Right. <laughs> the other, the other, uh, and then the other thing is, you know, the the tailored, uh, tailored fitted uniforms that that are more flattering to the female. They had those in the eighties and the nineties, and they phased them out because the word uniform means the same. Right. And they didn't want everybody to be, oh, well, you're you're a female, you're different. Well, now all of a sudden, it's it's this whole reverse segregation thing that that we've been doing. With, you know, six different graduation ceremonies at Columbia University, it's the same thing. Yeah, Do you is... want everybody to be the same? Do you want everybody to accomplish the same thing? The, the military was the last meritocracy we had, 
and you're trying to take that away, and that's been very frustrating. You know, I this is a great a this is a great conversation. We got to do this again. We got to get you back on and have this conversation specifically, uh, because there's a lot of you know there's a lot of things to to talk about when it comes to that, especially with it being back in the news uh, so prevalently with uh, you know the Tucker Carlson situation and. Oh and, gosh, you know, I went the, to war with the Marines over that. Yeah, yeah, um. we gotta, yeah, we gotta, we gotta get you back on and and continue that conversation. I want to ask you one last question because we're almost out of time. Sure. Um, you, we we've talked a lot on this show about um, the differences between what we're doing here in Missouri with working on the uh, Second Amendment uh, Preservation Act, right. and you know Nick Schroer and and others in in Jefferson City trying to. Uh, make it legal for conceal and carry on metro buses and you know metro transit, and then what's happening right. on in Washington D.C. Where do you think, in your understanding of the the laws of the United States, if the if if a state like Missouri or Texas is able to pass a bill that says you can't, the federal government can't come in here and and uh, oppress our rights, which who wins? What's what's stronger, a state law or a federal law? Well, you know, it's 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 going to be an interesting point because yeah. it's going to come down. I think like sanctuary cities have, uh-huh. um, like if you if you look at the number and, of and as Bo of mentioned in the last segment, like, now we're that sanctuary city term is being used by conservatives yeah. and in saying, Texas. yeah, in Texas saying a, a Second Amendment sanctuary city or state. So yeah, I'm I'm sorry, but go ahead, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, and and I I couldn't tell you who's going to win because it really, it really depends. Um, every every president that we've had in my lifetime, and and I would say from from my study of history, every president we've ever had um, has moved to change the balance of power in the to the benefit of the federal level, and so mm-hmm. if you look mm-hmm. at it, you know, you're moving more and more toward federal control. And and if you look at what the founders wanted, they wanted as much local control as possible. Yep. You know, federal legislators didn't meet six months out of the year. They, I mean, they they were they were farmers and businessmen and right. lawyers and 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 they actually did those jobs. And then they went to Congress when they had to. And then they went home because home was where they lived. Yeah. Yep. You know, so. You hear people on both sides constantly reference the founding fathers and what they meant and what they anytime anybody doesn't matter what party anytime uh, yeah. a politician in in Washington D.C. is referencing the founding fathers while trying to override uh, the the will of the people in a particular state or city, uh, I don't think they uh, I don't think they've done their their history quite right. Uh, that is Virginia Crude. Virginia, it's been way too long since we've talked to you. We've got to get you back on again really, really soon. In the sure. meantime, if people want to follow you on social media, read yourself in the Daily Caller, how do they do all of those things? I am posting every day at dailycaller.com. You can follow at Daily Caller on Twitter or at VA Cruda on Twitter as well. Great stuff. Virginia Cruda, we will talk to you again soon. Thanks for your time today. Absolutely. All right, let's take another quick break, and when we get back, we will talk to our friends from Osage County Guns. Jake and John, join us next. Don't go anywhere. It's Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Welcome back to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo here with producer Jake, who's filling in for Carl. 
Thanks again, Jake, for all your help this week. Oh, absolutely. And, of course, my partner, Bo Matthews, is here as well. And we are going to talk to our friends from Osage County Guns. Uh, John Dawson and Jake Fair are going to join us in just a moment. Uh, this show, this week's radio show, has been pretty uh, news and Second Amendment heavy. And this week's podcast exclusive is going to be very Great Outdoors Heavy, so you're going to get both if you get both podcasts. Uh, just a quick reminder, we release the show podcast on Fridays, so you can actually get the radio show before it airs, and you can get the podcast exclusive on Mondays, and you can get Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors podcast just about anywhere you get podcasts, but I would recommend the Radio.com app. I think that's the best place to go. Let's go ahead and get John and Jake from Osage County Guns on the line. Uh, fellas, how's it going? Hey, hey, hey. It's going. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for your time. Um, you know, we've, uh, I got to ask, every time we talk, you know, over the last year, I've got to ask, what is, what's the latest out there It's at, at uh, Osage County Guns when it comes to inventory and the continued unprecedented pressure that we've seen on the gun industry? Uh, are you guys able to keep up or is it still just as... Uh, as hectic as it as it's been for months it's been it's, it's still pretty similar i mean it really not a lot has changed in terms of the inventory situation uh, in some ways it's it maybe even getting a little worse uh we're seeing you know some shipments here and there uh we're seeing some some large shipments but not a lot of variety so uh we do have a couple a couple models of say ar-15s so we got 50 uh, of three different models, I think, uh, in total uh, over the last week or so. They're on the shelf and available, but it's three models, not, you know, 50 different models. So um, it just means it'll stay in stock, but you don't have a lot to pick and choose from, you know, with those. Uh, so that, that's kind of been happening a lot where we, we get one model and a bunch of them, um, but the variety is not like it used to be. Yeah, but the, uh, the the different models, uh, the accessories that you can add to them, then you can really—I mean, they may be yeah. a, a few models, but you can accessorize them any way you like, which is exactly uh, right. Yeah, well. and 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 we have been fortunate that our vendors—you know—one uh, of them is called Aero Precision. We get a lot of AR parts from them, and we have a lot of variety. Nice. So you can you can customize. What so, about the inventory of the Second Amendment radio T-shirts? How about the inventory? <laughs> the only there? place you can get them, Osage County Guns. <laughs> it's 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 doing good. Uh, it's sold down a little bit, and because I've been so slammed, we haven't had time to replenish. But if if we get in a bind and run out, you know, we'll we'll reprioritize and go back and, and run another <laughs> another print run. So I was I, I was out there a few weeks ago, and so when we when we made the those shirts, we made them in black and gray. But um, but John had a few random T-shirts laying around, so made just a handful of shirts of Second Amendment Radio shirts in different colors, and there was a green one, and I bought it for my wife. And she wears it all the time, and she is she. It's 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 a little bit cringy that she's so proud that she has like the one green Second Amendment radio shirt. She's like nobody else has this one. It's 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 pretty fun, and uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for uh, uh, carrying that shirt. And and yeah, anybody wants a Second Amendment radio shirt, get out to Osage County Guns. Um, while we have a few minutes, I want to ask you guys about a couple of. Um, uh, uh, 
policies, a couple acts being uh, pushed in Washington, D.C. by President Biden and uh, the Democrats that re- revolve around background checks in the United States. Uh, one of them is the uh, Bipartisan Background Checks Act. And this would require background checks for all U.S. firearms purchases. Um, what does that mean? What does that change? Aren't aren't all purchases, firearm purchases, being background checked anyway? I guess maybe not if it's a you're selling it to a family member or something like that. Uh, what does this bill mean uh, it, in your guys' opinion and, and interpretation? Well, it. Y- Yes. Anytime you're purchasing a firearm from an authorized, licensed dealer, uh, if they're not breaking the law, they're running a background check. What this does change is it changes to a private party where if you decide that you have a gun that you don't want anymore and you decide to go sell it, you throw up an advertisement somewhere and you meet somebody in a parking lot and exchange firearms mm-hmm. and cash and go about your business, um, which in the past wasn't wrong. It wasn't illegal. Right. Um, but those w- are what they're trying to change. You're, gotcha. You'll have to take it to a dealer. The dealer would then have to log it in and then do the background check and then give it to the other guy. Um, that way everybody, you're not leaving it, to the individual to make sure that they're selling a gun to a proper individual. This, this um, is also about the gun show sales, right? Is the so lot. they've been looping that into yeah. so the way, of course, the way the media always portrays things is that there's this huge gun show underlining, loophole. you know, loophole that yeah. we're all breaking the law and trying to skirt the government and yada yada. Well, no, not really. You can walk around a gun show with a gun on your shoulder and a flag sticking out of it says, "Hey, I'll sell this to you for four hundred bucks." Um, but what that's doing is eliminating that type of a sale. So now everything has to go through a licensed dealer and the due diligence to the dealer or is now being taken over since the individual may not be doing their due diligence to make sure that the person's of the proper age, uh, and that they're, you know, not a felon uh, of any sort, um, to be able to purchase that firearm. The, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. So for somebody who's not very clear, especially somebody who might, you know, have the occasion to get into a debate with somebody else on the topic, the media brands the gun show loophole as if gun stores just go to these convention centers and it's, you get a gun, you get a gun, you get a gun, no questions asked. <laughs> right. yeah. that, is, like that is how they brand it yeah. and they, they malign gun stores yep. uh, with that branding. That's not true. Um, any federal licensee, a gun store, even at a gun show, conducts a background check. Yep. This is all that it is 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 bad. Well, it's their spin. It's private party, so it, it addresses the private party sale. Um, but you you would assume most people would assume a gun show loophole is where gun stores go to gun shows to sell, you know, to criminals. Yep. Uh, right. Yep. So, and they never explain so, it. They just say we need to eliminate the gun show loophole. And nobody right. in the media, nobody ever. It, it, it's it's, it's malpractice the way that yeah. they the way that they just let that linger and make it sound like there's this like what you just said, John, that uh, that that it's the way that gun stores can go out and sell guns and not have to background check, which is just ridiculous. Uh, we are uh, almost out of time. Don't forget about the podcast exclusive. As I mentioned, we're going to talk a lot about the great outdoors with our friend Gary Kelman from the sanitizer and mask wholesale store. He's a big outdoorsman, camper, hiker, uh, all that stuff. So we're going to talk to him. 
him. Uh, before we let you guys go, remind folks how they can find you out there at Osage County Guns in person and on the internets and all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, Google us, Osage County Guns. We're right on Highway 70, and uh, we'd love to, you know, love to have you come out. Uh, check out our selection. It's it's smaller than it was, but we still have hundreds of firearms on the floor, and we are starting to see a little bit of hunting ammo trickling in. Uh, it goes fast, uh, but uh, you know I've, I've seen the shipments hitting our door, so um, hopefully we'll start to see this letting up uh, in the near future. Great stuff from Jake and John from Osage County Guns, one of the great sponsors of this show. We appreciate you guys, everything you do for the show and for your time today, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, guys. You bet. All right, that's going to do it for another edition of the show. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to download the podcast and share it with all of your friends and family members. And uh, we appreciate you being a part of the show. Uh, For producer Jake, who filled in for Carl this week, another big thank you to Jake and my partner, Bo Matthews. I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. See you, boys. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.